If you've ever been tempted to compromise and given into that temptation, man, it can be a hollow feeling. But the question is, how do we conquer compromise? Well, the book of Daniel will give us a great example of that. Daniel resolved in his heart not to compromise. We can learn how to overcome temptation, how not to compromise from this chapter, and it's today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. You got Daniel, we all know him. Then you have Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Daniel proposed, he said, please test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given some vegetables to eat and water to drink. Now, I have an alternate proposal. I know you're afraid. I know you think Nebuchadnezzar will be mad, but your concern, sir, was that we'd look haggard, that we'd look unhealthy to the king. And, and I have a proposal. Here's my proposal. Let's do a 10-day test. You give us veggies and water. The other young men can have the delicacies, the, the meat and the wine. And we'll see how things go. Now, to back up for a second, the meat that was served in the Babylonian Empire, just like happened in the Greek world and the Roman world, was often sacrificed to the false gods. And as you do some studies in the background of Babylon, it's more than likely that the meats that were served at dinner tables were sacrificed to gods. And I'm talking about now false gods and goddesses. Now, Paul in the New Testament addresses this issue and he says, look, if you went to the meat market and you bought a piece of meat and you don't know, you know, you've found some steak on sale, it's $2.99 a pound, whatever it is, and, and you don't know and you eat the steak and it was put before some statue, Paul says, you're good. But if you know and your conscience bothers you or... If you're okay with it, but someone next to you says, did you know they sacrificed that before that false? Then Paul says, don't eat it. Don't eat it if your conscience bothers you and don't eat it if it would stumble a brother. He says, if I would eat something or drink something that would ever stumble a brother, then I, I won't do it. And I think we're all, we're all familiar with that. And so Daniel had... The kosher idea, because the, the blood had to be drained from the meat, and there was, there was certain animals that were unclean on the Jewish menu, so to speak. Daniel didn't want to defile himself, so that's part of that. So he says, let's have a test. How many of you would vote for this? Vegetables and water for the next 10 days. How many of you are willing to take that on right now? Anybody? No? So, oh, man. Vegetables and water? How many of you hid your vegetables from your parents when you were young or you fed them to the dog under the table? <laughs> Confession's good for the soul, right? Boy, you ate your broccoli so quickly tonight, Junior. The dog's underneath the table going, <laughs> with the stock sticking out. Vegetables and, remember, he's still a teenager. Teenagers and vegetables? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> now, the word for vegetables is an interesting word in Hebrew. It can include 
grains. Some years ago, we did a Daniel fast for 21 days in the church, and part of it was a food fast, but um, the Hebrew word can refer to wheat or barley. It could be fresh vegetables, including grains. So uh, some years ago, we did this Daniel diet, and here's what we got to eat. Brown rice, oats, barley, all fruits and all vegetables, including potatoes. We could eat seeds, nuts, and sprouts. We could eat legumes like pinto beans, dried beans, split peas, lentils, black-eyed peas, lima beans, navy beans, kidney beans. But we couldn't eat meat, white rice, all fried foods, carbonated beverages, alcohol, refined sugar, sugar substitutes, all products containing white flour, all products containing preservatives or additives, and all eggs and dairy were off the table. Now those are some sweeping things, right? And when we did that fast, people discovered the power of salsa. <laughs> salsa can make a lot of things taste better that don't taste so good on their own. So Daniel says, okay, well, let's do this. You let us eat this menu and let our appearance be observed in your presence, the appearance of the youths who are eating the king's choice food, and deal with your servants according to what you see. So here's the 10-day test. And so he listened to them in this matter and tested them for 10 days. All right, so the food is served and uh, these four over here, they, yeah, that's what they get. They get broccoli, carrots, and a glass of water. They get asparagus, they get whatever. And it went on for 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, their appearance seemed better, verse 15, and they were fatter <laughs> than all the youths who had been eating the king's choice food. Now, the Hebrew word, probably better, translated in the NIV says, at the end of 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. Now imagine this, if you've ever gone to a nice restaurant and let's just say that you had a nice meal that you don't normally eat, maybe it included some of these things. Can you imagine eating that every day for 10 days? I can't. You know, there's meals for special occasions and then there's kind of your go-to diet. I don't know what your go-to diet is, but it's probably some staples that you are used to eating every day, right? Can you imagine if every day you had uh, a steak and wine every day, every day, every day? And plus, these are teenagers. So you could imagine. Daniel was wise about how he approached this. And at the end of 10 days, well, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. Maybe the young men who were eating the royal food were walking around like, <laughs> And Daniel's friends were like, broccoli, spinach. Dun, 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 dun. Isn't that what made Popeye strong? Just a little spinach. And so God honored them and they were healthy. And the overseer, 16, continued to withhold their choice food and the wine they were to drink and kept giving them vegetables. Note it that the 10-day test went way beyond 10 days. The, once he saw the results, he kept giving them vegetables and water. So I'm hoping that the vegetable diet included some sort of grains, like you could eat oatmeal or have a piece of toast or something. 
But he continued to give them a, what we would call a kosher diet. He kept them away from food sacrifice to idols and all of the other stuff that went with it. And these four youths, verse 17, God gave, again, the sovereignty of God, the omniscience of God, the power of God. God gave them knowledge and intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. Daniel even understood all kinds of visions and dreams. Now, within verse 17, you can see God gave. There are uh, sections in the New Testament that says God gave. God gave some as apostles and prophets, pastors and teachers, the evangelists, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. God gave certain leaders, certain giftings to the church to equip the saints to do the ministry, not to have the saints listen to sermons and go home. God gave pastors, teachers, evangelists, and so forth for the equipping of the saints to do the ministry. And praise God that so many of you are doing ministry. You're not just listening to the word of God. You're actually doing ministry. And that's a blessing. God gave knowledge and intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. Proverbs 2.6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. My point is this. Notice that God can bless your intellect. Now, I don't think that means you don't study. Uh, some people have done that whole thing. You know, they, they don't study for the test, and here it comes, and they're like, Oh, Lord! Please impart to me the knowledge of how to do these fractions and calculations in the name. <laughs> you in trouble. Because God does not bless laziness. We've heard the story of the pastor who took the approach that he didn't need to study. But the New Testament says that a, a pastor has to uh, Demonstrate that he's approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But he took this philosophy, no, the Holy Spirit will just give you what you need. And the Holy Spirit does give us, does bless us. But again, we have the sovereignty of God and we still have responsibility. We're supposed to study, do our homework. We should study like it totally depends on us and preach like it totally depends on God. Because it does. But God does ask us to study. So he's in the front row and he keeps telling the worship team, play another song, I don't have it. Play another song, I don't have it. They play six songs. Play another song, I don't have it. Seven songs. Play another song, I don't have it. Well, eight or nine songs have gone by and the pastor's desperate now. Oh Lord, speak to me. What should I tell the people this morning? And the Lord speaks to the pastor on the front row and says, go up there and tell them you didn't study. Play another song. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, But one and the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Notice in verse 17, you have God giving the blessing of intellect, intelligence, branches of literature and wisdom. You could call that academia. <clears throat> and yet Daniel also had a spiritual gift. And these would all be spiritual blessings, but... He also understood all kinds of visions and dreams, which we're going to see later in the book. In fact, in the next chapter, we're going to see Daniel have the gift of interpretation. Nebuchadnezzar is going to say, not only do I want you to tell me what my dream is. 
In the month of October, the number one theme is Halloween. Houses are decorated and kids drag their parents to the store to get the costume they want to wear for their holidays trick-or-treat night. There are those that take the holiday on a darker path. What do you know about the occult? People are often fascinated with it, but it is far from innocent. It is dangerous. God warned his people in the Bible to understand what it is and have nothing to do with it. Dark Dangers of the Occult is a DVD available to you this month by Pastor Michael Lance. The video includes teachings and interviews that will help expose the occult for what it is and shine the light of Christ's power over it. Dark Dangers of the Occult is available as a thank you when you give a donation of any size in support of Walk in Truth. Call 844-48-TRUTH today. That's 844-48-TRUTH. In fact, in the next chapter, we're going to see Daniel have the gift of interpretation. Nebuchadnezzar is going to say, not only do I want you to tell me what my dream means, but I want you to tell me what my dream was. And the magicians are in their, you know, nightgowns and <laughs> pajamas. King, nobody's ever asked any magician anything like this. Tell us what you dreamed and then we'll tell you what it means. And Nebuchadnezzar said, nope. Not only are you going to tell me what the dream means, you're going to tell me what I dreamed. Nobody could ever know what you dreamed, king. Come on. Off with their heads. <laughs> That's it. But Daniel's going to save them. But how did he get the gift? God gave. Verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Every spiritual gift, every gift of intellect, every gift and ability to serve, to speak, to execute anything. A man would have nothing, a woman would have nothing unless it had first been given to them from heaven. So whatever your gift is, if you're good at sports, if you're good at math, if you're a good business person, if you, whatever, whatever it is that you're good at, God gave you that gift. Make sure you give them thanks for it. Make sure after you're able to accomplish something good or something beneficial, you pause and say, thank you, Lord. We pray a lot before things. We don't do a whole lot of praying after things. We do a lot of praying before we need God's help. We say, help me, help me, help me. And then something good happens. And then I don't know how often we, we leave. We give the blessing. Remember the 10 lepers? They were all healed. How many of the lepers came back to thank the Lord? One, that's 10%. And if you like Raul Reese impressions, <laughs> Raul Reese cannot say leper, he says leopard. And so he says, only one of the leopards came back, man. <laughs> that's little Raul Reese for you. I'm not sure if that's actually Raul Reese, but somebody that drives a Chevy, man. Anyway. So, God gave, God gave, God gave, God gives to us. And at the end of verse 18, verse 18, then at the end of the days, which the king had specified for presenting them, we see earlier it was three years, the commander of the officials presented them before Nebuchadnezzar. So they went to a three-year, you could call it Daniel at college, one of the uh, commentaries of years gone by. The author, I think it's William Taylor, says Daniel at college and basically uses those three years to kind of draw the analogy of a young man, young woman going away to college and having to, you know, make their way. 
And then he's presented before King Nebuchadnezzar, along with others. Can you imagine that day? Okay, here you are, man. You went through all the schooling, all the training, and everybody comes in before King Nebuchadnezzar, and there he is. Analyzing, weighing, kind of like impress me. And they're presented before the king. And the king talked with them, and out of them all, not one was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And so they entered the king's personal service. There was no one compared to these four. No one was like them. Nebuchadnezzar apparently was asking them questions. He was maybe throwing out little tests. He was asking them to maybe to solve a riddle or give them insight about a math equation or whatever he asked them. And at the end of it, nobody was as impressive as these young men. You see, when you know the God who made the universe, when you're walking with him, when he's imparting gifts and intelligence to you, do you think anybody is going to be beyond what you can offer? I think not. Remember Joseph in Egypt who walked with God and overcame temptation. Same thing. Whatever he, wherever he was, he was blessed and he was a blessing. And as for every matter of wisdom, verse 20, and understanding about which the king consulted them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and conjurers who were in all his realm. And this will later bring up some controversy and cause them to want to get Daniel in trouble, which we'll see in chapter 6. These young men in every matter, verse 20, if you have good biblical knowledge and you're walking in the Holy Spirit, you're going to be in good shape. You're going to get the best out of your education. You're going to get the best. You're going, to, you're going to really be head and shoulders above everybody because you have God. I mean, how could you be better than if you have God? And so, look at every matter of wisdom, understanding. The king obviously spoke with them for quite some time. Maybe he took the numbers and whittled them down like we kind of do when we're looking at someone for a position. Maybe we start off with 20 candidates and then it's 10, then we're down to five. Maybe it was something like that. And he found them better, 10 times better than all the magicians and conjurers in all his realm. And Daniel, remember, he's only about 17 to 18 years old, healthy in body, soul, and mind. Daniel continued until the first year of Cyrus the king. Let me read a little bit from my notes as we conclude. Daniel lived and, inf and influenced the court during the life of four emperors, Nebuchadnezzar, Darius, Belshazzar, and Cyrus. Cyrus the Persian conquered Babylon in 539 BC. That means Daniel held his position until the end of the Babylonian period. Daniel would live to see the first captives return to Jerusalem in 538 B.C. Remember, he's taken in 605. He's a teenager, so he lives into his 90s as basically one of the inner circle of the court of multiple emperors or kings with God's favor. Daniel saw the first captives return, and he constantly lived in the grace of God. Question. Are you in a place of responsibility and wondering, wondering how long you can hold out? Fear not, the same God who called you 
is able to make you continue until you complete the task he has assigned you. Or as, Dan, as uh, Paul puts it in Philippians, he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. But then he says, now work out what God is working in. Now go to Daniel 6.20 and I'm going to ask Shane if you would come on up uh, and the rest of the team. Daniel 6.20 just to show you Daniel's staying power says these words. Daniel 6 20. And when he had come near the den to Daniel, he cried out with a troubled voice. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you, what? You constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Now we know the answer is going to be, yes, king, I'm here. God shut the mouths of the kitties. Praise the Lord. I'm sure he's having a private prayer service down there, right? Praise God. Petting the lion. Oh, you're a nice lion. <laughs> nice kitty. Yeah, kitty, kitty. <laughs> right? Now we know what happened afterwards. As soon as the, the people who tried to turn Daniel in were being lowered down, it was over. But the king said of Daniel, he said, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, Daniel 6.20, been able to deliver you from the lions? The answer is emphatically yes. Your God, whom you constantly serve. What was Daniel's legacy in Babylon? Conquering compromise. Faithful. Not perfect, because we've all sinned and we all, what? Fall short of the glory of God. We know Daniel was a human. We know he was a sinner. We know even though there's no record of a certain sin, he was a man. He had his struggles. I'm sure he probably had moments of doubt. But Daniel's testimony was he was a servant of the living God. And I think you can see the implication for me and for you. Am I? That's what I want to be. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> help me to stay true. Help me to be resolute. Help me to remain true. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the precious people who have come tonight. Thank you for the book of Daniel, it's just so rich and so beautiful. What a great example, Daniel. Daniel's still speaking to so many people about his resolute faith, about his commitment to the, the God that, you know, at the moment that uh, he was taken from his homeland, he could have made so many excuses. He could have had so many reasons to compromise. He could have said, you know what, I, I don't even know if there's a God. I, I, I don't know if what my parents told me was true, but he knew you and he was faithful. And Lord, I, I pray that each one of us who are hearing the sound of my voice tonight would be found faithful. It's required of a steward that he be found faithful. But Lord, I do know that this room is filled with humans, with people who have made mistakes, people like me. And I know that even though we are challenged by Daniel, sometimes we need the hope of a, a new beginning. And there, are, there may be folks here who have not even met Jesus yet and they don't even know what this is like, but they can. And so I'm going to ask you just to take a few moments here just to let God's word percolate into your soul. If you're a Christian already, then it's just about maybe making some decisions or new decisions about your 
your direction, your trajectory. If you're not a Christian, the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Trust in him. Trust in his work at the cross, his resurrection from the dead, his shed blood for your sin. Trust him, believe on him, repent of your sin and receive him as Lord and Savior. Maybe you're a prodigal. Maybe you've, you've gone the wrong way and you, you want to come home and, and you want to get right with God. Now's the time. So whatever business you need to do with the Lord, if it's just a deeper level of commitment, if it's a recommitment, or if it's a first time trusting in him for salvation, if, if you're not a Christian, something like this, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Thank you that you came into this world for me to save me on a mission of love. Thank you that you died on that cross for my sin. Thank you that you rose from the dead. I place my trust in you as my Lord, my Savior, my King, and my friend. I repent of my sin, and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Please save me. Please change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, listening family, it's Pastor Michael. I want to tell you another exciting thing about walkintruth.com. It's the store that's there. There's some great products up there on some intriguing subjects available in CD and DVD format. When you purchase one of those products, you actually support the radio ministry and help us reach out to more people like you. It's walkintruth.com. Click on the store, check it out, get a product, and you'll be partnering with us in the gospel ministry. We appreciate you. We love you. God bless you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.